A great, big, wonderful good morning to you. I thought I was going to have to ask you to do that louder back at me, but you did pretty good. Thank you. And it is a beautiful day. We welcome any visitors here, and I see a lot of visitors. I think Aaron brought in his fan club with him, his entourage. <laughs> and those of you that are joining us uh, online, we welcome you. A big warm welcome to you as well. Visitors, if you would, just fill out a connect card so that we can connect with you later, if you would. A uh, couple announcements. I'm going to, I have written all over this piece of paper and added stuff, so I hope I get everything in here. Let's see. Tuesday, September 7th at 10 a.m. is the Budget Committee meeting. Wednesday, September 8th, 6.30, Scott Lamb will be leading our Bible study. Next Sunday, September 12th at 10 a.m. for our, our church service, Scott Lamb will be speaking. The children's party that we have tried two times to have, we are going to have on Sunday, September 19th from 12 to 2, rain or shine. But your, your job is to pray for shine, okay? And like I said, that's gonna be from 12 to 2. We've changed that time. Uh, my Sunday school class, any parents with children that are attending that party, or if you're old like me and you don't have children attending that party, we're gonna go eat while they have a party. So we'll all go out to eat, whoever wants to. Okay, giving. As usual, you can go to cypressstreet.church slash give, or the drop box back there, you can drop your offering back there. And in speaking of giving, I'm going to give a little bit of advice this morning. The first one is not biblical. The first one is, tomorrow's your last day, supposedly, to be able to wear white. <laughs> now, if you're a little bit of a rebel like I am, you do not have to go by that rule anymore. It's old. If you hear your grandmother or your mother whispering in your ear and telling you, girly, don't put those shoes on, and don't wear white, you can, you can say, I love you, but that's not true anymore. I will be wearing white after Labor Day. You will be seeing it. Now, my second advice is biblical. I had a little boy that went to our school years ago. He's grown up now. I just love him. I've stayed in touch with him. He wasn't bad. He was all boy with a big personality. This is how... This is how school teachers describe children like this. Has a big personality. He's a leader. And he was just full of mischief. We don't really write that, but that's what it means. Y'all, he was hilarious. He was in a line of, uh, I think it was his great-grandfather was an Assembly of God preacher. And you just couldn't believe the things this little boy would tell and preach and pray for people right after he bopped him in the face or whatever he had done. Anyway, he had had a particularly bad day one day. So the next morning he came in and his mama had told him to come and apologize to us. So he did, and you know, it's hard not laughing sometimes, but you're like, okay, you just be sweet. And then he said, 
My mama told me to just say, get behind me, devil. Yes, that is with a B, devil. I still use that to this day, and it's good advice. If you've had a bad week, a bad day, whatever, you just say, get behind me, devil, just like my sweet little boy did. And y'all, he grew up to be a wonderful young man. Now, let's see. I believe the next thing we're going to do is have some beautiful songs and worship time. Well, if you stand and, and uh, join us, please, as we sing an old hymn, once again we come. It's a beautiful, beautiful story of our Savior. Let's think about that as we join in this song. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is the light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm from the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are filled with striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand.
Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith, His gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. Thank you, our musicians. That was beautiful. We have several prayer requests this morning. Um, Reverend Carl Owens, and I've been told that his service will be on the 18th and it will be live streamed. Want to remember that. Marlon Mitchell, who we're glad to see back with us this morning. Can't keep a good man down. Ken and Amy Coates, they're out with Rona, we need to pray for them. Jerry, Brother Jerry Crane, keep remembering him in prayer. Ken McConnell, Kelly Vining, the Debbie Martin family, uh, Miss Annie's grandson, Justin Kreisel. Many of you may remember him. Um, he's Hank and Tara's son, and he was here with his uh, sisters Morgan and Courtney, grew up here. 
he was in an automobile accident, pretty serious accident. He went back to, had to be taken back to surgery last night, but from what I read, he's gonna be okay. And uh, he's got a little bit of a road ahead of him, but we need to keep him in prayer and Miss Annie and all the family. Uh, the COVID situations, victims of Hurricane Ida, our health workers, Zanya's friend, I'm gonna butcher this, but Kazuko, in, in Japan, some of us have been keeping up with her and she had a praise report. She opened her eyes and she's nodding. So she's responding, that's wonderful. Uh, Beverly Brown, those traveling, those who have lost loved ones, our churches, our pastors, and I'm just gonna say our world. We just need prayer. Um, if you have any Sunday morning requests for the bulletin, you can just call the office, 323-2982. And if you want to be in the prayer group that goes around, please get in touch with Karen Oldham, 575-644-8667. Uh, I want to first um, introduce our new speaker and then we'll have prayer our new speaker. He's not new. He's young, very young. We have Aaron Mitchell. We're pleased to have you here today. We've watched this little boy grow up into a nice young man doing things. He's going places. Like I said, he has an entourage already. So he is going, I think, are you transferring? You're already transferred to Spurgeon College. He's an undergraduate at Midwestern Theological Seminary. Very proud of him. And he will be coming up and giving us the word in just a few minutes. Before that, I would like everybody to bow their heads and let's have prayer. Father God, we ask from the very depths of our heart that you be with each and every one of these prayer requests on this list and the many, many more that are on hearts in this room. Things we haven't even that we don't even know at this particular minute that we're needing to pray for. But we know that you're there. We know that you're in the middle of the situation. You were there before it happened and you'll be there the whole way. Lord, we also thank you for the many, many things and many blessings we have in our life. And Lord, please help us to remember those and not just focus on the sad things and the bad things. Help us to look for you and your blessings in our everyday life. Lord, please be with Aaron as he comes up here and gives your word. And be with us. Help us to listen and hear what you want us to hear. We ask all of these things and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Aaron, you may have the podium. Well, good morning. Uh, it's it's good to be back here. This is the like she said. This is where I grew up, and this is where I went from like birth to uh, I don't know middle school or high school. Or and so it's uh, it's good to be back. The last time that I spoke at a church was here in Christmas. So it's been a minute, and if I'm a little scratchy, I, I apologize. But uh, it's good to be back. Thank y'all for being just so uh, so welcoming and just let me have this, these opportunities. Um, so uh, I remember. At Liberty Grove, I used to go there as well. After uh, after I went here for a little bit, I went over to Liberty Grove, and I remember Stephen Nelson actually coming and speaking there one time. And uh, he spoke. He was he 
he mentioned like how he grew up at Liberty Grove and how he was like glad to be back. You know, he's gone to Natchitoches, I think, and uh, and started a church there. And I don't know. I just kind of sat back and thought like I was younger then, but I was like, I want I want to be that. You know, like Stephen Nelson came up and he spoke, and it was like you know visiting his old church, and I was like, I want to do that someday. And so and here I am, and I'm just I'm so grateful to be here. Um, but with all that being said, let's uh, let's pray, and we're gonna dive right in. I try not to I'll try not to keep you here too long, but I am kind of long winded, so we'll see how it goes. But let's pray. Um, Jesus, thank you so much for just letting us be able to gather here today freely. Um, just with with the privilege that we have, Lord, in America, to to freely worship you and freely gather. Uh, it's it's just truly an honor. And so, Lord, I pray that as today that we. We uh, read through scripture and we discover uh, new things and where there's mysteries, I pray that we pause and where there's truth, I pray that we just keep digging. And, uh, and so I just pray that your will is done this morning and I pray that you use me to, to speak your word and uh, that all the glory gets reflected back to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So if you have your Bibles, I know it's going to be on the screen, but turn with me to Galatians 1 verses 6 through Am I a little echoey? I kind of feel... Okay, never mind. Uh, let's see. Galatians 6... Or 1, 6 through 10. Sorry. And uh, I know it's up on the screen, so I'll go ahead and read it. Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. And this church... I'll give, I'll give some preface... Pre, uh, yeah, I'll give some background before I go into it. Uh, Galatia, basically, this church was being deceived by works-based faith. And they weren't basing... They weren't basing their faith in Christ just on their faith alone in Christ. They were basing it off of like kind of holding to some works too because like a Jewish background, you know, you're kind of concerned. You're like, you know, I have faith in Jesus, but just to be safe, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do all these works as well. And Paul, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't just get agitated at that. He's not like, ah, you shouldn't do that. Like he tells this church, as you're about to see, that let, let any man who does that be accursed from the church. Like if you're not relying on simply faith alone in Jesus, then... Like, you're doing it wrong. And, uh, and so my message today is not going to be on workspace faith, although I could spend hours there. Um, but I am going to use this scripture to, uh, to, use our, to go along with this message. Um, so verse 6, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary, contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let's pray and uh, we'll dive right in. Oh, wait, I already prayed. Sorry, didn't, didn't I pray? Okay, my bad. I, my mind's going all over the place. Okay, anyway, it's, it's good to pray twice anyway. But anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and dive right in. Um, so right here, Paul, like I said, is talking to a works-based faith church. And they are focused on works. They're focused, focused on circumcision and, and things like that. And, uh, and I'm not going to be discussing that, but I am going to be talking about a church that is rising in this nation specifically, but all across the world, uh, that, that relies more on kind of feelings and emotions rather than on Christ alone and on grace alone. And they use the same lingo as we do. They use the grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone. They got it all down. Like, that's the scary part about this dangerous gospel that's rising up in the church now is because people, people are deceived by the same, like 
I say I'm a Christian, this person says they're a Christian. But like they're totally different things. Uh, if I'm going to target a church of any sort, I'm going to target the Church of Latter-day Saints and Mormons. They say they're Christians. They tag along just with us. And they, they, claim to, they claim to have grace alone, faith alone, but then they say, after all the works you can do. And, and there's churches all across the nation who have this gospel figured out. And they're like, oh yeah, grace alone, faith alone. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, you know. But they're not really following Jesus. And they're basing it everything off of emotions and feelings and not really following a king. They're following a pitiful I'm, I'm, this, is, this is not the Jesus that I follow, so I'm going to say this because this Jesus doesn't exist. But they are following a pitiful, weakened Jesus. They don't believe in Jesus that the Bible teaches about this king. Now, he was a servant, and he was humble, but he was a king, and he is a king. And, and so what I'm, what I'm scared about, what I'm concerned about, is that this, this gospel is creeping into so many churches, and I don't want it to creep into Cypress Street. I don't want it to creep into any churches in this area, although it, it already has, really. But I really want to want to purge that out, and I want the Holy Spirit to come in and get rid of that. Because people are, are not really sacrificing their lives and taking up their cross daily for the sake of the gospel. They're taking it up for the sake of their convenience. They're not doing anything unless it, it conveniences them, and, and, and they're, they're happy, or you know they're pleased. And so if, if sacrifice Sacrificing and taking up their cross makes them like you know look like a weirdo to the world or inconveniences them in any way. Then they don't they don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? And so, as as we dive uh, as we dive in, I want to just go ahead and admit to you guys that I am guilty of falling after this gospel. Like I'm not I'm not here to get up here and be like yeah all those people are terrible people and like you know I'm I'm good because you know I didn't do that. Like I've I've fallen into that trap before. I've honestly fallen into the total opposite of that, and both of those are, are evil. And uh, as the sermon title, I think in the bulletin, is The Weak Gospel. I don't think calling it The Weak Gospel really does it enough justice. Um, if I were to really give it a title, I was telling Ruben, if you could really put this on the bulletin, I would title it The Weak, Pitiful, Foolish, Distasteful, Lazy, Evil, Pathetic Gospel. That's the gospel that I'm concerned about and I'm preaching on today is because it is so bad that people are following after the God of self and the God of pleasure and the God of convenience rather than the God of the Bible. And that is not okay. Like, that is absolutely, utterly not okay. Um, let's see. The, the danger that we have here is that everyone loves Jesus when he's the savior of them. They, everyone loves Jesus when you talk about Jesus saves. Like everybody walks around with shirts like Jesus saves y'all. And like, you know, Jesus saves. And, and okay, saves you from what? <laughs> like, how are we going to say that Jesus is saving if you're not preaching repentance of sin? You know what I mean? Because if, if we aren't preaching sin, if we aren't saying, hey, sin is bad. Sin separates you from God. In order to be with God, you have to get rid of your sins. And the only way to get rid of your sins is to have faith in Christ. There is no way to follow Jesus and be saved. I know everybody likes the term saved, but you can't be saved unless you repent of your sins. And so if churches like the weak gospel churches that don't preach sin can't preach salvation either. And so for the only way to point people to salvation and to point people to the cross is to point people and say, hey, this sin that you live in is not good. It's bad. Like It separates you from God. No one likes to hear that. Everyone likes the Savior part, but no one likes the Lord part. No one likes the repentance part. That's just how it is. And that's why the gospel is offensive. And uh, one, one bandwagon or one, one thing I've fallen under uh, kind of recently in my life that I'm still trying to get out of is, is kind of the condemnation gospel. Uh, like I said, this is like the total opposite of the weak gospel, and both of them are evil. Um, 
But, but some people, uh, I don't know if, it's, if you can really preach too much sin, but for the, I think you know what I'm saying. Like There are some people who focus so much on sin that they don't offer enough grace and, and then people are turned away. Like, uh, I'm going to use some colorful language here for the sake of, I mean, just being truth. But uh, there's, there's a lot of churches that go to rallies, uh, like gay rallies and, and stuff like that. And they hold up signs that say, God hates fags. And that's not the gospel either. So, you know, you have, you have this one end where these people are just so, so weakened in their faith. They don't really have any faith in Jesus because if they did, they would be bound to a king and not concerned about what anybody thinks. And they would really just be running to the cross. And, and if they really love people and they love their neighbor, they would be, you know, calling out sin and telling them, hey, turn to Jesus. And then there's uh, other people on the other end who are just so focused on looking holier than thou that all they talk about is other people's sin, but they think they're the, they got it all figured out. And, you know, I've battled with both of these. There's been times in my life where I'm just like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And there's been times where I'm like, yeah, you, you're, you're terrible. And, you know, you need to repent. But, like, I'm just... I'm, I'm pointing out their failures without focusing on mine. And I think, we're, I think we can all be, be guilty of that at, uh, at some times. But really what I'm, what I'm really trying to focus on is like, where's the balance in that? Because on one end, you have a terrible gospel never calling out sin. On one end, you have a terrible gospel that only focuses on sin. And at somewhere in Scripture, there's a balance of those two. Um, my pastor at, at the parish, I go to the Parish of the Redeemer uh, in Calhoun, and we were talking about this the other day, um, just about, I think we were talking about something else, but basically, like, we have some people who, who want to take the gospel, and, and, and they take these parts of the Scripture, and they're like, oh yeah, this is, this is better than this. Or you have these other people who take more of the lovey-dovey side, and they, 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 scram, like, they cram it over the gnashing of teeth, or hell. And they're like, oh, that doesn't matter because of grace. Or, you know, grace doesn't matter because of this. And they like, Scripture doesn't override one another. You get that? Like, this is the inspired Word of God, and I think we believe that. Like, I believe it, and I hope you believe it. And nowhere in this does Jesus say, hey, this part of Scripture is more important than this part of Scripture. Like, Scripture is Scripture. And, and we must believe that in order to move forward and in order to, to really share the gospel and really point people to Christ. Because if we're so focused on one thing, we're never going to get anything done. And I know I'm kind of focusing on one area right now, but I'm just trying to emphasize to you how evil the weak gospel is and how also evil the, the mean gospel is. Um, so uh, the, the pathetic excuse uh, that, that I hear from a lot of my friends who are kind of more involved with like the trendy cool gospel where you dress cool and you look cool and you have all the, the Christian t-shirts and the Christian like necklaces and stuff like that, the, the weak excuse I hear there, uh, a lot of them say, oh, you have to build a relationship first with these people before you can go any further because like people, people just like, they just need a relationship and they, they need to go get coffee with you before you start telling them about their sin. And I, I just kind of like, I kind of step back for a minute because I don't want to like speak too soon because I think building relationships is great. I think, I think it's important to build relationships. But sharing the gospel with people, I, I just don't see in scripture where Jesus just, you know, puts off repentance for the sake of not hurting feelings. Like if, if he runs into somebody and this is his only time that he's going to be with this person, you know, he builds a relationship really quickly. He doesn't take two weeks over coffee or three weeks or months or whatever. He doesn't just push it off like, yeah, I'll get to you later. He immediately, 
You see in, in Scripture all the time, it talks about immediately, immediately. Jesus immediately says, go and sin no more. Like, you typically see him doing miracles, and he heals these people. And then he says, okay, now go and sin no more. And nobody wants to mention that part. They just talk about, oh, Jesus healed people. And, oh, Jesus is so nice and so kind. And how dare you, how dare you tell me that I'm a sinner? Because that's just not, that's not what Jesus would do. No, Jesus literally did do that. And he died on the cross. He spent 33 years on earth for a reason, and that reason was to redeem us of our sins. So to say that Jesus didn't focus on sins would say that Jesus wasted 33 years of his life, and I don't think he did. And so for us to, to, to push off sharing the gospel for the sake of building relationships with people and going to get coffee and just talking to them about meaningless babble instead of focusing on what we believe brings eternal life, it's, it's pitiful. Like, that's so bad because I, I just, I don't know, I, I know I get fired up, I know I'm like passionate, but like, I'm tired of hearing, especially from my generation, but I feel like a lot of, I feel like any generation can fall into this, is that we don't want to look like that weird person when we tell somebody at the grocery store, like, hey, like, you know, have just an average, everyday conversation. No one wants to bring up Jesus, because that's always awkward. You know, you're sitting at Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, you bring up religion or politics, you better run. Like, nobody, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about anything. Like, all they want to talk about is football, baseball, sports, uh, well, you know, politics is kind of rising now, I guess. But no, no one really enjoys that kind of stuff, I guess. Uh, and uh, and that, that's, that's sad, and that's really pathetic on our part as the church because we have, to, we have to be bold in our faith. Like, we believe this Bible, this book right here, brings eternal life. We believe that this brings hope to people, and we just want to keep it to ourselves. And we just want to, we want to kind of sugarcoat it so it doesn't hurt feelings. Well, um, I'm going to turn to our next part of scripture in 1 Corinthians uh, and talk about hurting feelings. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. But 1 Corinthians 1.18, if you want to turn there with me, it's going to be on the screen as well. Uh, Paul's writing to the church of Corinth and he says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. Here's the thing about the gospel. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing. This is, that's what scripture just says. But it's the power of God to those who are being saved. Now that should bring us some joy. That should bring us some happiness. I just want to let you know, all, all my Christians in here, you have an absolute 100% success rate as a Christian. You have a 100% success rate sharing the gospel. Because when you share the gospel with someone, regardless of whether they turn and believe or whether they spit in your face and mock you, you succeeded by bringing glory to God. And your purpose on earth is not to be happy. Your purpose on earth is not to do what you want to do. Your purpose on earth is to bring glory to God. And what's the best way for humans to possibly bring glory to God? I believe it's simply by sharing the gospel and sharing the good news and by, by carrying out the Great Commission. Jesus told us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And I believe we should take that commandment seriously. Now, all nations includes Western or Louisiana. You don't have to, you know, get a passport and go to Kenya or whatever. I mean, if you're called to do that, do it. But what I'm telling you is that people in Western Monroe need the gospel. People in your community need the gospel. And the best way to live out your purpose by bringing glory to God is sharing the gospel with people who are broken and lost. And sharing the gospel with people who believe this, because it's always good to be reminded. I'm sure all of you in here have heard the gospel a million times, and you're going to hear it again today, because it never gets old, and it never changes. And that's the beauty of it. That's the, that's the pure satisfaction of Jesus and his word and his power. This is power to us, you know, and we are, we, we are more than conquerors in Christ because of what he did for us. And so, 
With all that being said, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, they, they pull the offensive card. They pull the, oh man, you know, you're, you're being too mean. You know, I, I've seen a lot of my friends share the gospel boldly and confidently. And then people behind their back are saying, oh, they're, they're so mean. They, they think they know it all. They're so prideful. They're so arrogant. You know, they just, you know, they have something that nobody else does. And they just think that they're the best. But they're, they're out sharing the gospel because they love you. You know, I, I'm kind of like, I was, I was being fooled for a little bit by some of these people thinking that, man, maybe those people are mean. Like, I was even one of the ones being accused of being mean. And granted, I, I was mean a lot of times. But I've seen, I've seen a lot of my, my friends or even my pastor or just people in this, in this area that really care about Jesus and really care about other people. And so they share the gospel boldly saying, hey, sin is bad and sin separates you from God. And if you continue in your sin, you're going to be separated for eternity. And, and people are like, that's so mean of you. Well, no, it's, it's not mean, it's truth. Now, there is a mean way to do that. Like I touched on the mean gospel. You know, there's some people who just act all holier than thou. But if people are calling out and saying that you have sin and you need to repent of your sin and turn to Christ, that's not mean. That's true love. Uh, I know there's a lot of people in, uh, or there's a lot of uh, I guess, I don't know what to call it, but there's, there's just a lot of uh, movements, I guess, in this, in this area or in this nation that talk about love is love and, you know, be kind. And, and they have all the Christian lingo, and I think you know who I'm talking about, but they don't know what love is because love is not just supporting someone. Love is not just a pat on the back. Love is not just, you're doing great. Love is sometimes pulling them aside and say, hey, get your head in the game. Love is sometimes pulling them aside and saying, hey, you were not doing the right thing here and you need, to, you need to be pointed in the right direction. True love is when you see someone in this world that is dead in their sins, headed straight for the gates of hell, and you pull them aside and say, hey, there's better life here. There's better life with Jesus. And you're going to be sometimes looked at as a weirdo, and sometimes these people are going to believe you and be like, man, this, he was totally right. She was totally right. Like, I believe this. And the thing is, we can't be scared off by the people who are like, you're so mean, and oh, how, how dare you share that with me? You're, so, you're such a bigot. You're so narrow-minded. Like, that's, that's the names that people get called sometimes, you know? But the truth is that this gospel is saving lives daily, and regardless of whether some people hate it, there are also people who are being changed by it. And so, uh, I want to go uh, with a story. Um, I used to work at Smoothie King, uh, and there's, I'll just say there's a lot of non-believers there. Um, very few, uh, just... Actually, just a few Christians. I think there was 12 or 13 employees, and not many people there were saved at, are saved at all. And it's, it's a really sad environment. And uh, so me and a buddy of mine, we would we share the gospel there a lot and just talk to them about, you know, Jesus. And, like, there's more to life than just getting drunk and, and, you know, all the sins that you can name. You know, there's more to life than that. You know, there's eternal life and there's complete satisfaction. There's no emptiness when it comes to Christ. And to be quite frank, we didn't really get a good response out of the crowd. We didn't get a good response out of the Smoothie King employees. They were, they were more concerned about having fun and having a good time rather than, you know, following Jesus and surrendering their life to Christ. And so there were times where I would go home or I would be talking to my buddy and we would just be like, man, are we doing it wrong? Like, these people want nothing to do with Jesus. Like, they, they literally just hate the idea. Uh, one girl actually told me one time, she texted me one night after, after a shift, and she told me, she said, Aaron, it's Christians like you that make me not want to follow Jesus. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's not good to hear. You never want to hear that, you know. And, uh, and I was just, I was thinking about all the conversations that we had, and I was thinking, like, man, where did I go wrong? Because, like, I, 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 was, I was doing all I could. I was sharing the gospel. I was like, hey, look, 
you know, they, her belief was um, she, did, she doesn't believe in absolute truth. And like my smart aleck response was, well, is that absolutely true? But anyway, uh, there's, there's a lot of apologetics that we got into and there was a lot of stuff that we, we went deep. You know, you have seven hours of shift together. You can go pretty deep and stuff. And, uh, and I was just thinking about, and I, I really thought about it and I was like, not to be, I'm not trying to be arrogant when I say this, but like I simply just share the gospel. Like this person is living in sin. They, they, are, they are getting drunk every day, every night. They're living a lifestyle that like just to us is like, how could you, how could you do that? And I was like, man, there's hope in Christ. I know you're empty. I know you don't feel complete. I know that you're missing something and you're trying to fill a void that you can't find and you can't fill until you find Christ. And, and ultimately she was just like, it's people like you that are like she she used the word persistent and I was like yes I love persistence because like I, I love I love when people are so persistent that it's almost annoying like you don't want to drive people away from Christ um, as it seemed that I did but at the same time like we believe this book right we believe it's true and like we need to be persistent we need to look like we're crazy sometimes like we need to be so passionately in love with Jesus that like he is our only concern regardless of what people think of us um, the sad truth behind it is a lot of you care way too much about what people think of you. Now, some of you, on the other hand, don't care enough about what people think of you, and you have a terrible reputation, and you need to get that fixed, because people aren't going to care. Uh, this is, I'm quoting a buddy of mine who, uh, uh, anyway, I, I still like all my quotes, all my cool quotes from him, but he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I mean, that's truthful. Uh, and so we do, we do need to build relationships in a sense. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to build coffee relationships over a course of months, but like, get to know these people, love on these people, show them that you love them. But man, get to the point. Get to the point that they are a sinner in need of a savior. Because without that, then they will, they will burn in hell and for eternity. And we don't want that. I mean, unless you're just that Christian that like, is just like, yeah, I don't care. Like, it's, it's up to them or whatever. I mean, like, it doesn't matter. It does matter. We believe that these people are going to be separated from God for eternity. And we're just going to let that slide. I would rather be a persistent, annoying Christian for this amount of time that I have on earth than I would be accepted by the crowd. You gotta stop caring at some point and stop fearing man at some point and you have to just love Jesus so much that you just chase after him with all that you have and you don't care how, how people are gonna accuse you or how people are gonna treat you or whatever. Does that make sense? I'm hoping I'm not coming off like, you know, wild or whatever, but um, man, I, I just, I, I, just I, I want you guys to be to be bold in your faith, and I know that like I'm a young 19-year-old kid up here that just looks crazy, you know. But like I, I really want you guys like your your heart is still beating regardless of what stage of life you're in, whether you're a little kid or whether you're up there in age. I don't care. Like your heart's still beating for a reason, and your purpose is to glorify God. And how do you glorify God? You glorify God by simply sharing His Word and following the Great Commission and worshiping Him and laying down everything for the sake of the gospel. And so if you are in this room, if you're watching online, whatever you're doing, you have a purpose. And that purpose is not just to be happy. That purpose is to follow Jesus and bring him glory in all that you do. The biggest lie of this weak gospel that is creeping into the churches is God just wants you to be happy. No, God just wants to be glorified regardless of your happiness. I'm not trying to sound like a mean guy, and God is not a mean God. He's graceful enough to send his son to die for you on the cross. So this is not, don't think that God is mean because I said that and he just wants glory. God literally created everything, and for him to want a little bit of glory back, I don't think that's too much to ask. You know, like people are like, your, your God's so selfish. Your God's, your God's so mean. 
No, he's, he's worthy of it all. And you are a rebellious sinner that needs him in order to live. Like somebody said, uh, I, I forget the quote, but it was like, uh, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And it was like, dude, you need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Like he is the reason that he is the reason that your heart is beating. He's the reason that you're alive and your purpose is to glorify him. I don't think that's too much to ask on his behalf. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's you know, too much to ask. I think that that's absolutely okay. And he should ask of more than us, uh, more from us to do. And he simply just asks us to follow him and to reflect him. And we're image bearers of Christ. And, and so when God looks at us and, and when we follow Jesus and have faith in Jesus, instead of seeing that sin, he sees Jesus on the cross crucified on our behalf. And all he asks of us is to have faith and follow and take up our cross daily and to follow him. And, and I just, I want to encourage you if, you, if you are a Christian and if you are following Christ right now, man, that is awesome. Keep running, the, keep fighting the fight, keep running the race. And I would just say to, to be a little bit more bold with it. Uh, this, this world needs more Jesus. This world needs more uh, true love. This world has had enough of the love is love and, you know, be kind, be kind, like not in a Christian way, be kind, but just be accepting and be loving and stuff. Like I've had enough of that. I'm tired of that. I'm ready for people to turn to Jesus and worship a king because regardless, newsflash to some of you, I don't know, but Jesus is still on his throne regardless of whether it's convenient for you. I, I let that, let that sink in. Jesus is king. And he's still on his throne regardless of whether it's convenient or not for you. So regardless of whether you're comfortable or not where you are, follow Jesus. Because he doesn't give you another option. It's him or nothing. It's all or nothing. So either surrender your life and sacrifice it and take up your cross daily for Jesus or don't do it at all. Because uh, I was talking to Mr. Larry earlier before I got up here and he was talking about how uh, the Bible says that he's going to spit out lukewarm Christians out of his mouth. Because it's all or nothing, guys. This is not a, an option where I'll follow Jesus on Sundays and Wednesdays and, you know, if we have like a little youth retreat or whatever, or we have like a, a, a retreat, we'll go here this weekend and I'll follow Jesus then. But the rest of the week, I'll just kind of be, you know, like living my own life and doing my own thing. No, this is a 24-7, 365 days a year. This, this is like, this is what you're signing up for. And so I want you, I'm not trying to scare you off. I'm trying to let you know that your life is this much compared to eternity. So don't waste this. Don't waste your life. Don't waste anybody else's life by passing up, sharing the gospel because you're too scared or, you know, they've been hurt by the church before. Maybe people have been hurt by the church. And so it's your job to show them what the real church looks like and what real Christianity looks like. And if they are still offended at that point, maybe it wasn't the church that hurt them. Maybe it was the gospel that offended them. You know, you're like, think about that. Because like I said, you have a 100% success rate sharing the gospel. So don't stop. Don't. One thing I'm really guilty of is like I'll uh, I'll share the gospel with someone and then for like two weeks later or for two weeks on I won't share the gospel with anybody else because I'm like yeah I did that you know I shared the gospel you know like I'm I mark it off the checklist like no the gospel doesn't stop once you're once you've shared it with somebody keep sharing it with other people because this that's how our life works that is what your mission is I don't care where you work what you do you don't have to be in ministry to be a minister you don't have to you don't have to give your life away to full-time occupation ministry preaching from a pulpit or whatever to do what what you're called to do from from jesus and um i i know uh i was going to quote uh my papa uh he's here today but uh old troy lynch a lot of you know him um 
And one time we were having a discussion. We we like to argue a lot, but it's all love. And uh, and I was I was like, you know, I was kind of getting up here. And I was like yelling a little, or I was in the living room, I think, and I was like yelling at him, and he's yelling at me. Or he didn't really yell, but I. I'll say that for the sake of the story, but like we're just arguing with one another, and uh, and you know I was just like, I was just like, man, like I just I want people like I don't care about the feel good gospel, like I just want people to like know Jesus, and like I was just kind of pounding in their face a little bit. This is when I was like a little more hyped up, and he was like, well, you know, Aaron, the gospel should feel good, and I was like, huh, I was like. Well, I guess so. Like, I mean, like, not the not the feel good of like your life's gonna be perfect and it's gonna be great. But like, when a sinner turns and repents, like they should they should feel good. You know, there's some people who are gonna reject that, but then there's other people who are gonna turn to Christ and and, and like that's the power of God. Like First Corinthians says, this is the power of God in them. And so, uh, also just uh, while I'm on the Troy Lynch rant, real quick, he uh, I, I was telling him that I was gonna quote him today, and he was like, I was like. From now on, when I preach a sermon, I'm going to have scripture, and I'm going to have a Troy Lynch quote. He was like, well, if you don't have a Troy Lynch quote, then you might as well leave out scripture. And so, uh, that's, that's the humble Troy Lynch right there. Um, but he also, while we're on that, sorry to get distracted, but Troy Lynch also said that, uh, he said, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect. So, if you, wanna, if you ever want to learn humble, if you ever want to learn how to be humble, just go talk to that man right there. Um, no, but uh, seriously, as, as we wrap up today... I feel like I left out a lot of stuff, and I feel like I repeated the same thing. Um, and I don't know. I just, I really, I really do care about the gospel. I really want you guys to care about the gospel. Um, man, this is so. So, how do we go about this? I don't want to get up here and just like spit in your face and then like leave and like you don't know what to do. Um, well, simply to put it this way, John fourteen six, Jesus said, "I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to me, uh, no one comes to the Father except through me." And and that's the truth. And so in order to get people to the Father, in order to pe get people glorifying God, we must point them to Jesus and faith in Jesus. There's no other way. There's, there's a lot of even Christian denominations coming up that say, oh, Jesus isn't the only way. Like you can go, you can get to, Je you can get to God through Buddha or whatever and like all these other people. No, you can't. <laughs> it's, it's clear that Jesus is the only way. And this is what we live for. And Paul also said in, in one of the Corinthians one time, he said, if the resurrection didn't happen, then we live in vain. Like if, if the resurrection of Christ didn't happen, then our, our life, our Christian life is meaningless because like if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then we have nothing to base our belief off of. But since we really do believe that God raised Jesus up from the dead on the third day, we have something to live for. And I want you guys to really believe that. And sometimes it's hard to believe. There's a lot of doubts that come in my head sometimes. There's a lot of struggles that come in my head. But man, literally life doesn't matter if Jesus isn't a part of it. And that's why you see a lot of people so depressed these days. And that's why you see a lot of people like Paul's. Before I go any further, I, I do want to mention depression is a real thing. And so I'm not here to like, you know, dog on people who really struggle with depression. But it's almost a trending thing right now, uh, especially in my generation. Everyone wants to, everyone like, you know, wants to be depressed because it looks cool. And like I said, there are people who really struggle with depression and that's a thing that needs to be, needs to be dealt with. But a lot of Christians in the church, they, they, they're so depressed and they're so sad because they're not really following Jesus. Like they're following this cool gospel where they're never sharing the where they're never sharing the gospel at all. They're never sharing the good news of Jesus. They're just trying to look cool. They're just trying to be like, no, oh, yeah, I mean, like I follow Jesus and I, I do all this for Jesus because I wear a cross necklace and I have Christian t-shirts and tattoos and stuff. 
but they're not really, really following after Jesus. They just, they follow Jesus for convenience, like I said, and they're not really following Jesus because he's Lord. Um, and so, uh, I don't know, I'm just, I really just want you guys to be bold. That's, that's all I want. I, I just, I know I'm going to keep rambling. I have two minutes left. I never finish before I'm supposed to be done. So I'm kind of like just stalling a little bit, but I, I guess I'll go ahead and, uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and wrap it up. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I love you guys, and I'm, I'm so grateful to be here with you, and I just, I want you guys to really, really follow Jesus. Like, think, think back on just the last time you shared the gospel. Think back of the last time you were in the Word of God. Think back on that. Just follow Jesus. Like, read His Word, but don't constantly, don't constantly be just so much in your Bible that you're never out sharing what you read in the Bible. Because I think a lot of times we focus on, uh, uh, we focus on reading the Bible so much that we miss out on sharing the gospel. So read this, get equipped, and go do it. Like, that's, that's what I'm telling you to do. And that's, that's what I want you to do. Um, I love you guys. I want to pray with you. Um, and and we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for, uh, for this opportunity, Lord. And I know I was a little rambly today. Um, I think it's maybe the nerves. But God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit worked through, worked through me and worked through what I said. And uh, God, I just pray that... Um, that this church, Cypress Street specifically, is, uh, is bold with their faith. They live in a community where there's not a lot of people in this area that, that love Jesus and that love, that love you. Um, and I, I just pray that we go out and we share the gospel and that we are bold with our faith and that we glorify you in all we do. You are the only, only thing in this life that gives us purpose. You created literally every little atom and every little detail. And I believe that it's not too much of you to ask for us to surrender our lives to you, to sacrifice it all, and to take up our cross daily for the sake of the gospel. So I pray that we, as we continue with our everyday lives, uh, we don't worry about what people think of us, uh, but rather uh, we're, not, we're not living to please man. Um, we're living to glorify you. And so um, I just thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us, please, as we sing this beautiful story, Sanctuary. everybody feels a little bolder just take my advice use get behind me devil go out and be bold share Christ and have a wonderful week let's close in prayer please father God thank you thank you for uh, providing people to give us your word thank you for providing the Bible where we can go and find your word 
Thank you that everything you've given us is truth and that we know and are confident that it's truth. I ask for your protection as we go out this week. I ask to make us all a little bolder, all to make us, our lives actually look like you so that people want to be with you. We ask all of these things, and we thank you for the so many, many blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Circles are following if you'd like to go to your circles class.